Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to The Curator Podcast, Season 2, Episode 24, an interview with Brendan Murphy from Counterparts. And before we dive into this one, I just want to notify you that about halfway through the interview, one of the support bands began to sound check, so you'll definitely be able to hear that in the background. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? Is it Brendan or Brandon? Brendan. Brendan. It's whatever. It's whatever anybody wants to call me, honestly. But I'm good, man. Uh, it's, it's nice to finally meet you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm a fairly new Kitter Powers fan. Yeah, I, hey, that's, that's what I like to hear, you know? It's always, um, it's always really cool that even though we've been a band for so long, there's still people that come up and they're like, I had never heard of you guys, I just watched the show, it was so sick, like, you got a new fan, and it's like, all right, awesome, you know? It's like, you know, for, for every, uh, for every, like, couple kids that, don't care about metalcore anymore and they just like bounce and do their own thing like you know we got a couple more coming in and you know that actually give a shit which is nice yeah, my flatmate was, raging, was raving about you guys yep. and, and I, I, I delayed checking them out yeah no, I out. mean understandable and then the new album came out and I was listening to it I was like man I'm getting like early Killswitch vibes yeah 100% totally fucking dig man it yep. took me back to being young again yeah dude 100% <laughs> that, that's sort of like that, that early like early mid 2000s metalcore era is like that's we've just been trying to do that since we've been a band you know because like you know we we started around like 2007 and that was sort of the stuff that we we just got into the scene you know what i mean and and we just got and we got really into bands like misery signals and poison the well and kill switch and like you know parkway drive like that kind of stuff and and um you know so so i think by the time those bands were kind of like winding down a little bit or at least like you know like they, they weren't uh I mean, like obviously, Killswitch and Parkway, and like they're all still they all still do well when they do play shows. But um, it was like sort of towards the like that genre was sort of taking a dip when we got in, and I think it just stuck with us. And we were like, "This is actually sick! Like, why is this? Why aren't more people doing this? Like, this sound is awesome." So when we uh, obviously we, we went through some like style changes and genre changes, but that was sort of like the one thing that we wanted to keep like in common. You know, like that was the one thing we all had in common was just that like early metalcore sound. So. That's why we uh, we ran with it, and we've been doing it since then. So it seems to be coming back now as well. There's lots of cool bands that are doing it again. It, it is, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's it, like it's um it's a bittersweet thing. Like it, it's just funny because you know uh like the, you know there's a lot of bands cut that come out now and they've got like you know like like the the fucking like alarm clock riffs and like that dun 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 like that shit. Yeah, you know it, it's it's cool. Like I said, it's like a bittersweet thing because you know when. Like we, we thought that stuff was cool and, you know, like a lot of our friends were doing that. And then it went through this period of like, that's lame. Like that stuff's lame and dated and old. And now, you know, now there's a lot of like newer bands that are bringing back that like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands like sound. And so for all of us, we're like, oh shit, this is sick. You know what I mean? Like this, this is awesome. Like this, you know, like when we played with, um, like usually when we're in the UK, we play shit like one show with Renounce. Somehow we, we try and figure it out. But, uh, you know, the first time I heard Renounce, I was like, 
This just sounds like Poison the Well. Like, like this record, it sounds like it came out in 1999. You know what I mean? And uh, it's it's sick. Like, you know, that's obviously our favorite, like, style of heavy music and, and everything. But it, it is just a little, it's, it's a little, like, you know, it's just a bit of a bummer for us to be like, okay, well, yeah, it took you guys long enough. But, you know, now finally people are able to like that, you know, like that style of music and also like, you know, you know, like they're like renounced, like they're a hardcore band, right? And they'll do hardcore tours and stuff. And even though they sound like a lot of those older like metalcore bands, like a lot of people are just like they're just down with it, and like it's awesome. But for me, I'm kind of just like fuck. If we, if only you know, if only the scene was like, if that stuff was still cool when we started doing our thing in like 2007, 2008, it was like it would have been. You know, I may be rich right now, but I'm not. So that's where the jealousy comes from. But. I mean, you're still doing it for the time, you know, which course, is a yeah. pretty fucking cool thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. When did you realize that was going to be a thing that you were doing? Um, I don't, I don't know, like, because we never, we never really like, we never planned to make money off of it and make it like a full time job. It was always just kind of like, like when we did profits, um, we were in the studio recording that right, like we were doing the record, and uh, Eric and I, our, our old bass player, we li- <clears throat> we literally had to stop recording. So we can go back home and graduate high school. You know what I mean? Like we had to go home and put our put our gowns on and get our diploma and do photos, and then like we just went right back. And I remember my parents talking to me, and and they're saying like, "Okay, well, you know, you're at high school. Like, what are you going to do now?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm going to see how far I can make this band thing go, and that's my focus." And like since then, I've been doing it. So you know, it, I don't. Obviously, we knew back then it wasn't going to be like an overnight thing. It, it would take a couple years, but I, I think we, I think it first started being like oh, wow, like, we don't really need to have jobs. Like, we can sort of do this thing, uh, you know, to live. I think that that kind of happened around, like, 2013 when we did Hell and Home because, you know, the response was crazy and um, we were getting, like, good tour offers and we started working with, like, a good manager and a good booking agent and everything just sort of started taking off. And I think that's when it first clicked, like, oh, shit, we could act. If we're smart, you know, if we... For the, for the most part, all like, back then, all of us lived with our parents and stuff and it was like, you know, we if we keep this up, we can actually you know, only have counterparts as a job. Like we don't need to work somewhere part-time or nothing. So yeah, but like counterparts, counterparts has been my, my only job since I think like 2012, the last job I had, like I worked at a hot topic in Burlington, Ontario. And then now I, uh, and then, yeah, then I, I quit that job. And since then I've just, it's just been counterparts. So in the 10 years, I mean, in the course of the whole 10 years, we've been a yeah. band that must be really vindicating to kind of go, you know what, I can go out on the road and just be the band guy and not have to worry about, yeah, yeah, you know, going to work a shy job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it is really cool. I mean, it, I think it all, it all kind of depends on what, um, you know, what, what being able to live means to different people. Like, you know, like uh, if, you, if you've got like expensive taste and, and you know, you're, uh, or you got a gambling problem or something, you know, and you blow a lot of money, like this probably isn't the best way to, to make a buck. But I think as long as you're smart about it and as long as, you know, you make good, like the band makes good business decisions and you have somebody who like managing you or, or what are you on a label that's actually looking out for your best interest. I do think it's fairly easy to, you know, you, I mean, you gotta go through shit. Like it's gotta, it's going to be terrible for a couple of years. Like the, our first couple tours, um, I remember coming home with like cents in the money box, like literal cents and being like, Oh, we still have like 10 hours uh, to drive and I guess I'm paying for gas. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you pay out of pocket and, and you know, you do so many tours where you don't make money or you're, you make very, very little. But I think where a lot of bands kind of give up and they're like, fuck it, it's not worth it. Like the money's not good enough. It's not, I can't live off of this. And they, they go off and do their own thing. The bands that stick through it and actually deal with that, 
those are the bands that in a couple of years from now they get to say like yeah this is my only job I'm comfortable you know I but again yeah it all kind of depends on what comfortable is to to that person so <clears throat> luckily I mean I don't spend too much of my money on stupid stuff like it's usually I usually spend a lot of my money on food and that's really it I mean like magic cards I guess like that's the one thing that's like the one thing that like I know it's dumb but whatever it's fun so I'm gonna you know gambling too I gamble here and there but but yeah you know like I think as long as you're smart about it you can actually make playing music a full-time job it, it is it is just way more difficult now than it was let's say you know 10 20 years ago so. Just to circle back a little bit, you're talking about how like um, you guys really always wanted to be like a metalcore band. Yeah. Would you say the new album is like the? I mean, you're you're the only original member left. Yeah. So exactly. This, yeah. It's just kind of what you've always kind of been. This new record kind of always what you've kind of been going towards. Um, I, I don't know if it was always, if you know, I, it's not like we deep down like I had always wanted to put out a record like you're not you. Um, I think there's definitely elements that I've that in the last you know with the last couple records before it that we all you know we were all kind of like we you know there's things that we should incorporate you know what i mean we should we should incorporate choruses and and we should incorporate like you know we should try and make the record have a high replay value and we should try and make the record catchy and and stuff like that but with the with the you know some of the other records i think that that wasn't necessarily our complete focus but you know you see it over time like even when i look at um when i look at the like the big songs from Helen Home, like Witness is one of them. Compass, like you know, a lot of those, like out, like Outlier, and, and the songs. Those are the songs that have the repeating parts, you know, and they have they have like hooks and they're catchy. And you know, even with tragedy stuff, like um, you know, like the bigger songs on that on that, like they're they're catchy and it's it's the actual repetition that resonates with people more so than I think just writing a song that's all parts. And while you know, while like there was a while when I think like technicality and and um, you know, like we tried we we did we um, courses and repetition and like that stuff was like no, nah, it's too easy. Like let's let's you know let's think outside the box and be a little weirder here. But I don't think it hurt the band. But I think that now we're definitely just based on us. You know what I mean? Like like the the music that we listen to now. Like for me, for ex- like for example, I I listen to a lot of like pop stuff and you know like nineteen seventy five is my favorite band and stuff like that. You know, and and it's just like. Like, what do they have, like, catchy choruses and hooks and stuff? And, you know, I figured that if we could find a way to incorporate that into our material, I think that's what's going to help us get through to this next level. Because I'm sure there's a lot of kids that that have seen our band before, and when there's nothing that they can, like, bang their head to, you know, or when parts are changing so rapidly and, you know, and and it gets a little crazy, I think that there's a lot of kids that are going to be totally on board. They're going to hear that and be like, this band's fucking sick. They're tight. They're techie. Like, this is great. But the majority of people, I think, are going to be like, "This is weird," you know. Like, I, I don't, I don't get what the hell is going on with this. So, we tried to focus more on the, actually, you know, the actual songwriting aspect of like make making songs, and then, you know, afterwards, then we do our like little added flavor, and and you know, we we work in some weird time signature stuff, and that's when we try and get techie once the actual song is has like a skeleton, if that makes sense. So, does it surprise you that after? You know, this is now like your fifth record. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Does it surprise you that you've that it's still a learning process that you kind of never really get into the groove of what a counterpart sound kind of is until now? That's um, surprising. I like I, I think it is. I, I think that um I think that a lot of it just had to do with the fact that um you know, when when you're when you're younger, like I said, like we, we were recording profits when I was uh like seventeen or eighteen years old. Um so, you know, when you're young I don't think you really you totally have a grasp on 
you know, the proper way to sort of mix your influences and sort of find a way to make it your own. And I think that before Profits and even before the EP that we had before it, um, we struggled a lot and we went through some genre changes just because we were just trying to figure out what works. You know, you know what I mean? And now when I look back on, on Profits and, uh, and Current Will Carry Us, like I think those two records are a perfect example of we haven't figured it out yet, but we're trying. And then I think from Helen Home onward, you know, probably just based on the fact that we're, um, you know, we started working with, with Will Putney as a producer and, and we, and like there was way more thought and way more like pre-production and everything put into the records that I think that from Helen Home onward, that's when we hit this consistent, like this is the band that we're, like, this is how we're supposed to sound. This is counterparts. You know what I mean? Like when, like there's, there's stuff when I hear, uh, like there's certain things I hear off profits and off current where I'm just like, why the hell do we do that? Like, it's so weird. Like we would never do that now, but you know, like it, like I said, like being in a band like anything is a learning process. As time goes on and as as the members get mature and, you know, uh, like our fan base grows with us, you know, like the other day I uh, pretty much when the record came out, like Spotify has a cool thing. It's like Spotify for artists. And I was looking at and, you know, it'll tell you like what songs are the most popular, where you're like, you know, you know, where you get the most streams like in the world. But it also tells you the age group. And the cool thing about that is um like you know for for a while uh it like you know our our age group was was I, I would say probably like 16 to 20 maybe but then when i look at it now from you're not you anymore and i look at the age group it's like the 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 highest percentage is 23 to 27 so that means that you know what i mean like our fan base is literally growing up with us like i'm 26 so so you know when that you know that that's sort of like the the cool part about it is like we're all kind of growing together and i think if it if we want to do something or we want to try something, we have a better shot at, you know, we're we're more confident going forward because we know that, you know, our our fan base is sort of growing with us. If that makes sense, you can take them with you no matter what you do because you're exactly, always yeah. going to be on your side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and like, I think that's why people feel a strong connection to the band because they because they did sort of grow up with it. You know what I mean? Like they, there's a lot of people that were into Counterparts when they were 18, and I was also 18. So. You know, as as we grow up together, and you know our influ our our influences and our our you know the music that we like changes, and we go through changes ourselves. I think that that's why people can relate to the music and the lyrics separately, and and why we actually we do really matter to a lot of people. And I think that that's sort of that's the coolest part. You know, like if we obviously if we were putting out music and it was just like nobody over the age of twenty five gives a shit. It's gonna it's gonna be hard to you know if when I when I turn thirty and I'm like well fuck. What a, what a young kids want to hear. Like, I don't know. I'm not a young kid. Like, I know what I want to hear. So we don't really have to worry. About- Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But that which is nice. It's that kind of information and power, isn't it? It, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool that... Um, I mean, obviously, like, you know, that's a big reason why we are still doing it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, uh, I always make the joke, like, if I wanted to be rich, I wouldn't play metalcore. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be in a metalcore band if I actually wanted to make money. I would do anything else. But, you know, I would, I'm, I'm way more, I'm way more interested in sort of, like, uh, maintaining our fan base and maintaining counterpart sound. And while, while I'm not rich and I'm not making a crazy amount of money, I'm very content with the amount that I am making. And... You know, the cool part about it is the fact that, like I said, there's people that, you know, there's, I don't think there's, there's a lot of people that are, that are in the middle of like, yeah, counterparts is like cool. It's either, I don't know, like who the fuck is that? Or like, I don't like this band or I absolutely love the band. And like my, like, you know, we're meeting people on tours that have like, like full sleeves of counterpart stuff. And I'm just like, fuck, like I, I hope that one day you don't hate our band. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only, I hope that you don't grow out of metalcore and go like, fuck that. I hate that shit so embarrassing I got this shitty band tattoos all over my arm but you know it, it is kind of cool it's nice knowing that you know while I'm not going to be rich playing this kind of music we'll be wealthy in another way of like you know having a, a real strong connection with the people that do care and that's always nice I've, 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 um, I've, I've known about the Spotify for Artists thing for a while yeah but you're the first person I've spoken to that's actually ever brought it up. Yeah, I think can, it's awesome. It makes me wonder then, does that actually help you plan where you're going to tour as well? Um, like, it, it hasn't before, but definitely, <clears throat> you know, like, for, for bands out there, like, you, you can absolutely log in, and, you know, when you put out a new record, or even in general, you can you can look at the last 28 days and sort of see where the most, like, where most of your streams are coming from. And so we did that, and it's like, you know, the highest percentage of streams are coming from the United States, and then it, then it then it goes uh, then it's like the UK is right underneath it. Then you've got Australia, Germany, Canada, you know, a lot of these places, and, and it's kind of just like, you know, that alone is cool. So so if, you know if you start noticing that let's say uh, let's say your <clears throat> your streams in the UK and Europe start spiking, you can kind of be like, okay, well maybe we should go back, and you you know you can kind of use it to your advantage and all. But also there's 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 like uh, countries. And then there's also a cities one. So, for example, it would say, like, Los Angeles, we have the most streams. And then number two is London. So, you know what I mean? So you kind of know when you're booking a tour, like, we have to play these cities because they're always going to be sick. And you can, you know, you can you can use that to your advantage and be like, hey, do we want to go play a show in, uh, you know, Billings, Montana or Wyoming or something? And you can go look at your stream and be like, oh, there's three people in the whole, in, like, in the whole city that know who we are. Maybe we'll skip it. You know what, you know what I mean? I mean, it's obviously not completely representative of people that listen to it, but you still know it's not going to be a law anyway. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, like you know, obviously, I can't tell you how how many exactly, but you know, like I said, when um, when I look at the at the cities and it's like number two is it like like uh, Los Angeles is is number one, London is number two. It's like if somebody were to ask me where, like you know, you have two shows left, where are you going to do them? I would say Chain Reaction in Anaheim, basically Los Angeles. And I would do one at like Underworld or somewhere in London. You know what I mean? Like just to, just be like based on that alone. And then you go and and you see the actual streams, and it kind of just confirms, you know, it just confirms it, which is nice. That's pretty amazing, man. Yeah, it's cool. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like uh, 
somebody, someone was talking, I think like Trey, our merch guy, uh, he was looking it up for his band and he was like looking at Spotify artists. He's like, have you ever used this before? And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm, I'm looking at his and I just immediately hit up our managers and I was like, how the hell do I get on this Spotify artist thing? Like it's, it's sick. The only thing I wish is it'd be really nice if like, you know, if, if you, if you're in a band and your music is on Spotify and you hit like a certain amount of streams, it'd be sick if they're like, all right, everybody in the band gets a free premium membership. That's, that's the one thing that's like, I wish that was the case, but I mean, whatever. I'm on a family plan with my parents and uh, my little brother for Spotify anyway, so it's all good. So before, I'm paying three bucks a month. Who cares? Before I wrap this up, I just wanted to yeah. ask you, are you happy with the way the, the tour's going and the, the, the action the new record's been getting? Yeah, it's been awesome. Like, you know, the record's been out for, um, it's been out for like a, you know, I think, what, two months now or something? So um, the reaction to the new songs here, they've been like fucking nuts. Like we, we did a Canadian tour when the record came out and obviously, like, you know, you're, you're on the tour of the record came out, so it doesn't really have time to, like, sit with kids and, and marinate. But we took a month off after that, and then now we're here. And I'm pretty sure that the new songs are getting the best reaction, aside from, like, the disconnect, obviously, and, you know, songs like Witness. But when we play No Servant Live, like, it, kids go insane. When we do Haunt Me, like, everybody's singing along. Like, you know, it's, it's actually crazy. Like, you know, the reaction's been, it's been awesome, which is new to us, because normally we put out a record, and it normally takes a little bit. You know, it takes like six months to a year for kids to really start to be like, okay, this record's fucking awesome. Normally it's like, eh, like tragedy's cool, but it's not hell and home. And then a year later, they're like, uh, never mind, tragedy's the best. Yeah. And so, you know, but with this one, it was kind of instant. Like, the, like, the soon as we put it out, it was just like, this is the best counterparts record for sure, 100%. And we're like, well, yeah, I, I know. Like, we, we wrote it, we know. So, it's definitely cool. the most to the point. Like, it, it feels like it's been like precision engineered. Yeah, yeah. And like that. That that's a hundred percent. Like that was our goal when we were in the studio. Was just you know we we didn't want any filler. Like we didn't want to make songs uh, any longer than they have to be. You know, like we just wanted like because when we got we got the record and we were like fuck the you know there's there's eleven songs. One's an intro, but so there's ten full songs, but the record's like twenty eight minutes long, and it's really short. But at the same time, it's like yeah, the record's short, but just hit play again. Just listen to it again. You know what I mean? And and a lot of people have been saying that they do that. You know, they put the record on repeat and they just listen to it through a couple times, which is like, that's awesome. You know, like that's, I think we like actually, we did it. Like we hit, we wrote a banger and, and the record's great. So I'm really, I'm really happy with the reaction for sure. Especially because, you know, losing members and stuff like that. I think there was a lot of people that were just like, yeah, Counterparts is done. So it's nice to, you know, put out a new record and be like, well, like the reaction's going crazy. The record charted higher on Billboard than any other record. Like it's going really well. If you thought that we were over, like fuck off, basically. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind. It's kind of nice just to, just to be a little smug about it and be like, all right, you thought we were breaking up. Well, not only did we not break up, we put out our biggest record yet. So it, it's kind of it's nice, you know. Oh, Brendan, thank you very much for talking to me. Before I'm going to have to cut it off before my my listeners kill me for yeah, the sound yeah, checking. Yeah, like, is there anything else you want to add or anything you want to say before we finish? Um, I got nothing. Uh, you know, if you're in, if you're in, uh, if you're in the UK or Europe. Come hang out to like you know come to a show and hang out. Come show with us. We'd love to have you. And hopefully we play well. And if we don't, uh, sorry. <laughs> That's all. Thank you very much, man. No problem. Thanks for having me.
Like I said in the interview, my flatmate was the one that got me on to Counterparts and after doing my research for this interview, it was really fascinating to see how much they'd grown over the years, not just as musicians, but also in popularity as a band. It seems to have been quite a steady rise over the past decade, which is probably down to touring a lot. I mean, I know it gets said quite a lot in this podcast, but if you keep at it, you definitely start to get places, especially if you're a band with real ambition. And Counterparts certainly strike me as being a band like that. Brendan's a really nice down-to-earth guy. I was really, really happy that I got to chat to him. He was very accommodating. Little fact, the same night Counterparts were playing, and same Clown Posse were playing in the venue upstairs as well. I did see quite a few juggalos before the show. And when I was talking to their tour manager... As he was taking me around to talk to Brendan, we just kept saying, where do all these guys come from? I've never seen Juggalos in real life before. And it's really weird to think that they exist in this city, especially when you consider the fact that ICP haven't played in Glasgow for 15 years. Anyway, that's besides the point. The new Counterparts album, You're Not You Anymore, is phenomenal. I highly recommend checking it out. If you like the old school metalcore sound, and it feels really weird to say old school because it came out when I was 16, but... If you really dig that early 2000s metalcore thing, the kill switch engage, unearth, you know, all that kind of stuff, then you should definitely check this record out. I was very surprised by it. I was also very surprised by its length. I remember a lot of these early metalcore records being really quite long, you know, 40, 50 minutes. But this one's less than half an hour, and it's very much a case of all the fat has been trimmed off it, and it's just pure solid tune after tune after tune. I thoroughly recommend checking it out if you like metalcore. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If this is your first time listening, please take a wee second to subscribe. You can do that by hitting the subscribe button in whatever podcasting app that you're currently using. You can follow me on Twitter at The Creator Pod, and I would be happy to chat to you there. So come on over, say hi. That would be great. And of course, i got to do the thing that every other podcast does, and I think that I've done in every single episode ever, and that is, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please drop me a wee rating and review. I would really, really appreciate that. Until next time, bye-bye.